Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Rumble. No Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Buzzing. Buzzing off an excellent, excellent NXT takeover that I didn't have to live stream. We <laughs> <laughs> got to watch it in the comfort of your oh. pajamas mm. early on a Monday mm. morning instead of stay- staying up to silly o'clock on a Sunday. I got to watch it like a normal person as opposed to making aggressively detailed notes. Oh yeah. Oh, oh dude, oh. I went to bed at half past nine oh. on Sunday. Sleepy time with the boys. Lovely sleepy time. Then got up at six and I was like, oh, look how refreshed I feel. I'm not gonna sit here and watch a pay-per-view. I feel up to watching one of the greatest WWE pay-per-views they've arguably ever put on. Which is interesting because, as we were talking about yesterday in the office, it's had a fairly mixed review. It's had a mixed batch of reviews. Uh, But we'll get into that in the outro portion of this podcast because you clicked on a Raw review. Do you want to hear about those jobber marks that are uh, on the black and blue brands? Learn how to sell undisputed era. (laughs) Black and yellow even. Uh, We're diving into the Raw review. Here is the show. last night it was the first average episode of this great run of form that they've had since Royal Rumble and to be honest you know starting from the start of 2020 indeed that even though this was an average episode this was far superior than the most averagest of episodes for like the last five years so this is still good raw television yeah, I think like you look at last year when we had sort of like that run of poor shows. Mm. Like it was just every week it was just poor. And then you would get an Avroad show and you'd be like, whoa, it was an Avroad show. 
this is going to sound like we are down on this show because it was an average show. But even though, even then, it was still a really good show. It's just wasn't as good as previous weeks. Yeah, WWE have fallen into the trap of making raising the bar. They have. They've now set themselves too high a standard. It's like yeah. TakeOver all over again. We, we, we're going to judge it by the rules of normal, coherent television, <laughs> not just WWE's own crappy playbook. But in all of this, you can only push a certain amount of people at one time. And Alistair Black's looking good. Drew Murphy's looking... Drew Murphy? Drew Murphy! See, you lose one first name. And I, I'm just going to chuck in a new one for yeah. you. Drew McIntyre, Buddy Murphy, uh, Umberto Carrillo, Angel Garza. But people who were getting pushed, seemingly had big pl things planned for them just a couple of months ago, have been dropped by the wayside. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is Rowan. Yes, yeah. So Rowan uh, has been off TV for a little while now. I haven't really seen him since the Rumble. No. But in the Rumble, he was just... He was just a guy for Lesnar to throw out, which is surprising because two weeks prior to that, a week prior to that, he was killing jobbers with his weird cage gimmick. Yeah, so he, he had like the best, one of the best character reinventions of last year. Oh yeah. When he was revealed as the guy who was attacking Roman Reigns in that baffling SmackDown story made no sense. There was also evil brother Eric Rowan in all of this. <laughs> he forgot about it. Brother and Rowan. He he got a microphone and he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. He was really good actually. And when he spit from Brian as well. Yeah. Like it felt like it was gonna work. He was like a legit new main eventer for a while. And I thought, wow, that was a bonkers storyline, but you know, you gotta Give them credit where it's due. They've made a new top monster heel. Yep, so good. And then he moved to Raw, and he just started doing nothing. I think he was beaten by Seth Rollins. Then he's had the whole what's in my cage thing. He's been doing some goofy comedy. Then he's disappeared from, for three weeks. He's got the To Wake trophy coming up next Thursday at Saudi Arabia. So they thought, oh, let's get him on TV to make it seem like he's around all the time. And he comes out here, he's still carrying the, the cage, but he doesn't really do anything with it. And he loses, actually, a very good match really to good match. Alistair Black. Yeah, really, really good, actually. Yeah, I thought it was a terrific little match mm. between the two of them. Is that just because it was an actual match? You know how, like, we were saying Raw is now average? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Because I was about to say it's the best match that Rowan has had, like, in this singles run. But I'm actually sure that he's probably had some decent matches in that but uh, that I'm forgetting. But maybe you're right, it's just because he's done nothing but squash matches for the last, I don't know, six months, that him then having a five minutes competitive match with someone who is also good, it made it look like it mm. was the best match he's had <coughs> in a while. Yeah, there was Alistair Black coming off of loads of squash matches himself yeah. versus Rowan. So that's, you know, that's, that's almost a big time match. Yeah, and do you know what? When Two strong records. That's it. When Eric Rowan came out for his match, I was like, oh God, well, at least he's back on TV, I mm. guess. But here we go again with the jobber. And then they said, he's facing Alistair Black. I was like, what? <laughs> Real? Okay, well, where are we going with yeah. here then? Because we're, we're pushing Black, but we're also pushing Rowan. Where are we going? And as it turns out, we're sticking with Black and we're done with Rowan. Which is the right call. It is 
Yeah, it's definitely the right move. It's surprising given that you know Vince McMahon's love of the big sweaty men, mm. but it was they they went with Black yeah. to, to to pick up the win in a very very good match and a very convincing win for Black as well. And it was pure Paul Heyman as well because like ding 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 big knee strikes. I will do a crossbody on the floor and we'll just yeah. and then go to ad break. We'll we'll do five minutes worth of wrestling in ten seconds. Then we'll go to ad break. You can work him over slowly. Come back and ask the Black can make his comeback. Uh, and, he, and he picked up the win. And there was little mention of the cage. Commentators didn't really bring it up. They did nothing with it. And he just skulked off to the back. And it was just like, yeah, that's what Eric Rowan is now. You're just a guy on the roster. There's yeah. nothing special about you. We may not even finish your cage storyline. Yeah, there was uh, two, two black masses for the finish. The first one didn't knock Rowan fully down. He bounced off the bottom rope. Really liked that yeah. idea. It almost protected Rowan a little bit. But yeah, second black mass. That's all she wrote. So I don't know where Rowan goes from here. I d I'm not sure I want to find out what's in the cage. It's not going to satisfy me. No. As okay. I said, the only logical conclusion to that was it was going to be a fluffy kitten. And that can't be the case now because it's biting people. And people are genuinely scared of it. Uh, the, so that's one sort of cutoff push. The other one is not so much a cutoff push because Liv Morgan is going to be in the Elimination Chamber match. Yeah, winner so of the Sarah Elimination Logan, Chamber. Like, yeah. Hmm? Is she? Yeah, Sarah Logan's in the match. I thought it was Shayna Baszler, yeah. Liv Morgan, uh -huh. Ruby Riot, yep. Natalia, Asuka. Yeah. Asuka, and you need a sixth person. No. Because <laughs> yeah, you've got four pods and two people wrestling. Shut up. <laughs> did I miss Sarah Logan? <laughs> you did. There's someone else. No. Dana Brooke. No, she's on SmackDown. I'm going to double check because now you've said it, I'm, I'm questioning it myself. Elimination. I, th I thought they did a really good job of building up the women's elimination chamber match throughout this show. They set up a few little storylines and feuds going into it. Mm -hmm. they, uh, they talked about you know, how, how important yeah, and, the WrestleMania and, and matches. And Sarah Logan. Oh, would you look at that? <laughs> yeah. Well, th that's by the by. I guess you've got a Riot Squad thing happening there. And they're going to build on the Ruby versus Liv thing. Maybe that will tie in Sarah Logan in some way. Not the most coherent act, uh, uh, historically. But Liv Morgan's whole thing with Lana, whole thing with Rusev, has just seemingly been dropped completely. Yeah, it was. It's just... Gone. It's by the wayside. We're focusing on Ruby Wright and her feud now, despite the fact that she, I mean, granted, she beat Lana twice. So it's very hard to have made that feud continue, mm. despite considering that the whole Bobby and Rusev thing has seemingly been just dropped now completely. Yeah. So glad that Rusev got to look great coming out the back of it. But um, Lana did give her the X Factor after the match, which made me think, like, after Ruby attacked Liv, Lana gave her the X Factor. I was like, oh, so that feud is continuing. Yeah, but it's not. It's it's done. The lesbian thing's never been picked back up on again. It, it's just she is now just on the roster and is feuding with Ruby Ride, who also hasn't been seen on TV since she came back. It's it's bizarre. So apart from the interview segment, when when everyone was like, ah, this was obviously a thing they've been working on for a while. This was what Liv Morgan's vignettes were building up to. Incorrect. That that report came out around the time that Paul Heyman like Liv Morgan, thought, ah, let's use her in this. That'll be a good way to get her over. So no, this was not a well-thought-out, sensitive portrayal of LGBTQ plus storylines. It was purely a titillation shock tactic, which really undercuts 
any kind of serious message that WWE tried to put out. And I, you know what? I don't want social messages from the wrestling company I watch. I'm perfectly fine with it just being trash. It's when it pretends to be something different, yeah. where it is like, here is Black History Month. <laughs> I'm like, you've got no right. No right to lecture me on this. Dude, it's, do you know what? It's absolutely fine because Liv is going to be okay because she's going to cut some great promos oh, and that God. will get her back over again. Yeah, so the promo wasn't great. <laughs> no. She she was scra- What is her character? <laughs> <laughs> she, but it's a, okay, so when we did the New Year's episode, it was me and Pete, I was like, she had this whole mysterious character people thought it was going to be, she was going to be the fiendess or whatever people had fantasy booked in their head. And I was like, no, her gimmick is she's hot blonde. That's her character. She's hot blonde. That, and so th there you go. If you're asking what is her gimmick, she's hot blonde. Yeah, that's Adam's character. Uh, <laughs> I was like, hot blonde. But cheesy, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the, it was, she had a, a promo later on, just a backstage interview segment with Charlie Caruso and just spouted the most unrealistic, generic dialogue. Like, with Ricochet, at least there's... Mm. He can have a great match to back it up. Yeah, with Liv Morgan here, it was just stuff nobody would ever say, and really, they're asking you to believe in her as a babyface. I'm like, I don't believe in anything in this, what's in front of me here. No. Uh, also, the... Lana Rusev and Bobby Lashley did have a match. They were involved in a segment together. It was Bobby Lashley and Angel Garza versus Rusev and Umberto Carrillo. And Lana set this up backstage as kind of like a double date. Yes. Lashley and Lana, Garza and Vega. Vega's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a business relationship. Yeah. Garza's like, I'm too sexy for one woman. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no one woman can tie this man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you literally just proposed on NXT. But that's fine, that's a different continuity. Exactly. I don't mind that. Uh, but when they, but, so Lana and Vega were outside for this actually really good tag match. I just assumed Liv was going to come down and... <laughs> Why? Because... I mean, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, because they did kind of continue the feud with the X-Men. Yeah. So I, I don't know, it just feels like they're dropping stuff all over the place and that's not even getting into the Matt Hardy, uh, Randy Orton stuff, which we'll come on to. But I guess that's WrestleMania. You're on the build, you're on the road, the voyage, whatever it is now. You can't give attention to everyone. You've got to do a bit of spring cleaning. So those characters and storylines that maybe didn't get over in the way you intended, like Rowan's, I mean, what higher examples are Rowan's cage and the Liv Morgan wedding stuff? Completely. Just, just drop them. Hey, you know, Sarah Logan. I'm not a wrestler anymore. Yeah. <laughs> She's a brawler. Uh, feed them to someone else. Get the people you're actually going to push over. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it is. It's a bit untidy. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash talk and become one of our pledge hammers on Patreon where we have got a near three hour review of uh, Elimination Chamber 2014 which was a lot of fun to revisit and we think March we're going to have a lot of fun as well because we think we're probably going to get a Wrestlemania oh, review yeah. there. The Drunk Cast goes out next week. It's a podcast that my wife has now said she can no longer listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so we've got some great content. And if you are one of our $25 and above pledge hammers, you get your name shouted out oh. on these live shows by these handsome dudes like these fellas right here. Man, Martin Santoya talking to me. Yeah, nice. Whoa. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Yeah. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Matthew Zemjewski. Oh, I think you've done really good, man. Michael Plowman, that's his name. That name again is Michael Plowman. Thank you, Michael. Mr. Patreon, number 1000, Mike Perry. Very nice. This is some kind of Patreon shout out. <laughs> Nate drops her name. Excellent nickname. Golden, Nick Holden. Holden Ooh. on to what's golden. Nip it in the bud. Nipavico? Nipavico. Nipavico, yeah. Former star athlete, now head coach, Len Dell Branson. Nice. Whoa. The Titan, Owen Towers. Yeah. yeah. Shine a light, Phil Dark. Oh, lovely Whoa. stuff. And lastly, probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. He's not. He's not. Kyle O'Reilly's too good. So, should we get on with your su 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 super chat? Yeah, we've had quite a few come in, Ooh. I've noticed, yeah. Um, <coughs> people asking about our NXT TakeOver uh, review. <laughs> um, we talk about it in the podcast version of this show, which we recorded prior to this. We actually do, we do a review it on this podcast version. So, once that's available through any podcast uh, uh, downloader, there's a review of me and Ollie talking about this show um, and our favorite matches from there and favorite moments. Um, 
but it was just a case of you described we uh, we didn't have the manpower for it. We had to we had a big day of filming yesterday, and we couldn't have uh, people work through the night and then do the review. So we just didn't have didn't have the manpower for it. Yeah, the, we we got. Uh, it's difficult because Wrestle Talk. I guess it's nice that people see us as so big, and man, they're a big company, and they can review every single major wrestling show: SmackDown, Raw, NXT, AEW, and all the pay-per-views that come with it. And some people still ask for Impact, <laughs> but actually, in reality, we can't. And unfortunately, you know, like the, we're having serious talks of whether we can do the AEW live stream. Yeah, um, because we haven't got enough people to do that either. So, no. it's it's a shame. And, but it's not because we've got any bias. I mean, me and Luke, but I did a, I did a video, you did a separate video yesterday, yep. both talking about NXT, giving it five out of five. Uh, so, but we couldn't give the full usual coverage. My favorite comment on that was just like, well, you can always rely on WrestleTalk to crap over NXT. And I was like, well, can we get, give it five out of five. It's one of the best shows ever done. Anyway, we do talk about it in the podcast outro. Indeed, but let's talk about the Elimination Chamber because we've got a few comments on that. First from Echo who said, all of the Riot Squad are in the Elimination Chamber, but somehow they aren't friends anymore. Are we just supposed to forget that? No, I think they'll play off of it. Because, and like they did with the Ruby Liv Morgan stuff. That's what this whole feud's based on. Yeah. Um, and Will the Professor said, if Shayna and Asuka don't win Elimination Chamber, who does? Ooh, I mean, it's going to be Shayna. Yeah, well, and this is, I mean, we'll get into it when we get into the main show, but like, this feels like a total waste of time because you're, it, this to me is as much of a waste of time as Ricochet Brock Lesnar is. Yeah. Because the TV product isn't saying, oh, but it could be. <laughs> like, this show didn't say, it could be Drew versus Rick at WrestleMania, you know? No, Ricochet no. Ricochet did. It's <laughs> very much Paul Heyman kind of promo on Drew McIntyre saying, it's Brock Lesnar versus yeah, Drew yeah, McIntyre yeah. at WrestleMania. And we've got Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch cutting promos on each other. Like, it's not like, but it could be Natalia, mm. you know? It could be Natalia going to WrestleMania. No, it's 100% Shayna. Yeah, so I don't know who wins a Chamber match, if not. Live. Might as well be live. <laughs> Uh, so on the subject of uh, NXT TakeOver, Tim Arn said, it's been a whole day and I'm still trying to decide which TakeOver Portland match was my favorite. I've somehow managed to narrow my picks down to six. Yeah, so the joke there is it's six matches on the card. Indeed. I, you know, I've narrowed mine down to three. Yeah. But isn't that amazing that there's, there's three matches of the night? <laughs> Can I tell you the really controversial uh, thing that happened in the office though? That I, I may, I'm not sure everyone completely knows about because we were the first two in the office today. Uh, Adam Blombier hated the main event. Oh, what, because of the no-sells? I, I just don't think he liked it as much. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gargano heel turn. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Start recording said, if Lee and Dijakovic were in the Dusty Classic, do you think they would have won instead? I think there's a good chance. Oh, yeah, I, but it wouldn't have been the right choice. No, you know, the Broserweights. Broserweights are great. Lee, Dijakovic are, are better going out against each other, but that's not to rule out a tag team down the line. Um, and Start Recording also asks, what type of matches would you like to see in NXT that haven't happened yet? I think an NXT version of Money in the Bank would be cool. That would be cool. I, d I do like the idea of that. I mean, <laughs> Hell in a Cell. Mm -hmm. Hell in a Cell with Gargano Champa. Where else can you go? But they've already got their version of that in War Games, I suppose. There's yeah, no lid. Yeah, I suppose. There's, There's no lid. lid. Right. They're uh, going to kill each other. <laughs> And lastly, Metal Bear said, Raw felt uh, low after that killer takeover. Lee and Dijak, the tag match, Champa Cole were off the chain. Uh, still a few good segments on Raw. Keen for NXT this week. Thumbs up, party with the boys. Whoa, thank you very much. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point, actually. Is, was Raw average compared to the previous week's Raws? 
Or was it average compared to the NXT takeover the mm, previous night? No, it was definitely average oh. compared to last week's. Yeah, show. there just weren't that many newsworthy things off the back of it. Uh, so we started with uh, what was advertised as Randy Orton versus Matt Hardy in a no-holds-barred match, which was surprising given how last week's angle felt very much like it was designed to write Matt off TV. It's what the reports were saying. It wasn't just the reports, though. It's also what Matt Hardy was saying. <laughs> so And Evil Uno in and AEW. And Evil Uno was saying. So it just felt very weird then that on Friday they were like, oh, Matt's coming back. Mm -hmm. Which, for me... I think it was the wrong move. Yeah. Because this angle did nothing really to further the storyline. It was just a repeat of what we got last week. And if anything, I felt it undermined Edge's attack because Edge's whole deal is he's had the one-man concerto. He's now out. And then you give the one-man concerto to Matt Hardy. You never see him again. That really adds a lot of weight to the Edge attack. But Matt's just back a week later and he's like, no, I'll have a fight. He's got a neck brace on. Yeah, but he's saying... I'm going to have a fight. I've got grit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and the implication there is... Edge doesn't. Oh, so Edge doesn't have grit. No, because he's, he's been at home. We haven't seen yeah. him since the Rumble. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's bad. Um, but at the same time... So it was a late change. That last week was meant to be Matt Hardy's final date with the company. His contract expires on March 1st, where he's widely expected to go straight to AEW, become the exalted one for the Dark Order. Has he not got a... Oh, is he got a 90 day? You tend I to have compete clauses. If you're let go early. If you're let go, but this yeah. is a contract expiring. Yeah. John Moxley, case in point. Good point. Uh, but the, the what, what annoyed me here is that the reason it was put on was because the Hardy Orton segment last week did gangbuster viewership figures oh, in the really? ratings, really high up. Uh, because, you know, those, those are nostalgia names. People tuned in for it. But. They, they, so they, they did it again, this time with this no holds barred stipulation. They advertised the match. They, and, and even though he shouldn't have done it because he should be selling the neck, I totally agree. I was like, yeah, but WWE inconsistent all the time. I'm looking forward to this match. I'm looking forward to a no holds barred match between Matt Hardy and Randy yeah. Orton. And I bet a lot of viewers were as well. And I bet a lot of people who bought tickets to see that show live were also looking forward to it, and might have been the primary reason they purchased those tickets. And then they didn't deliver on it even slightly. No, no, they pretty much, as soon as Randy Orton came out and Cal Promo, he was like, this match isn't happening. Just so you know, this match is not taking place. And it, it's weird for me to, to be so disgruntled about this, because WWE do this all the time, but they haven't done it that much recently. And for whatever yeah. reason, I got suckered into this one. And I felt really, I thought it was a really carny move. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, my, I, my issues are, are slightly different to yours, but I, you know, certainly in agreement with you. Yeah. I think it's, it's a low ball move to advertise a match, then not deliver on it. Um, but what I will say is that the beatdown that Orton did here, so he went to do the one-man concerto again, didn't do it. Instead, he dragged Hardy out the ring and put him over the steel steps and gave him a one-man concerto over that. And then the crowd was so enraptured in this, they chanted one more time. And Orton went back to do it again. And this is the bit I did like. He slammed it and then started shouting, I'm sorry. Mm. Like, it, and it was a weird, because the promo that he cut beforehand was like, he, he apologized for attacking Edge. Yeah. And said, you know, I apologize for what I did. 
But this attack here was just like, it was an angry, I'm sorry. It wasn't a sarcastic, I'm sorry. It wasn't a, oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't like a mocking thing. It wasn't, nor did it feel like he was actually apologizing for what he did, but he was just shouting, I'm sorry. Mm. Which adds a very conflicted layer to his character, which I really like. Yeah, totally agree. I think Randy Orton's performance, Matt Hardy was great here as well. Yeah. He cut a good promo. Uh, they're, they're both excellent. Randy Orton's probably actually the most engaging character, uh, complexity-wise, uh, on Raw. It's just the stuff around it, the booking around it was the problem. Yeah. Uh, then we got Black versus just Rowan. One last thing on that one. I, you know, we sort of have a go at Kevin Dunn for his constant cutting to the crowd. But they actually got some really good shots here of people looking concerned mm. and, and shocked. And they got three on the bounce. And I was like, Dunn. <laughs> you mad bastard, you got three on the bounce. Oh, and then they cut to a woman laughing, and I was like, you, you flew too <laughs> close to the sun, didn't you, Dunn? Flew too close to the Dunn. <laughs> uh, apparently there were a few kids crying yeah, there in was the a, arena. There was a shot of a kid who had, like, his mum had to console him. I was like, it's all right, it's only Matt Hardy. <laughs> it's fine. He's going to AEW. Uh, but then we got the black win over Rowan. Then we got Charlotte Flair. She came out and she sort of, in a total babyface move, Here's me burying NXT. <laughs> she played a clip from the previous night's takeover where she accepted Rhea Ripley's WrestleMania challenge. And then she sort of gave her motivation of why she's accepting it. She said, I was part of the founding class, really, in NXT for the women's division. And now these kids these are entitled. entitled. These entitled millennials are going to come here and get off my hard work. It's all Paul Heyman. Yeah. Paul Heyman misunderstanding the millennial. Thing. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good character thing. Definitely frames Charlotte as the heel. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I thought she was definitely the heel at Portland as well. For reference as well, we're not saying that she, she didn't use the word millennial, we're using that as a joke. Um, but yeah, I, this was a bit of a nothing segment. Yeah. Then I, yeah, because we're both expecting Ripley or Belair to come out. Yeah, when we talk about this on the, the podcast review, uh, is that I was expecting them to do something with Belair because Flair attacked her after the match as well as attacking Ripley. So there have been some talks, you know, amongst sort of fan speculation of they make it, make it a triple threat match and you do Ripley, Belair and, and Charlotte Flair. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss story. Mm. Um, but uh, there was no mention of Bel Air here. She wasn't in the video package either. It was all about Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. So Wednesday's NXT is going to be very interesting. I think it should be a singles match, but maybe you could have Bel Air and Flair on as, as part of the build. I was as a singles yeah, match. I mean, Brian Alvarez said that he wouldn't be surprised if they did advertise Charlotte Flair versus Bianca Bel Air as like an NXT match mm. to try and pop a rating. Then, weirdly, with no intros, no entrances, no nope. music, nope. we come back from commercial break and there's a three-way going on. Yeah. What's it for? Why are these people fighting? Is it even a match? I didn't recognise one of them. It was Riddick Moss, R-Truth and Mojo Rawley, presumably fighting for the 24-7 title. I think there was a little graphic in the corner that said it was. Uh, this is, you know what, this is the worst told story in WWE. Oh, the, the they hot shot it. Yeah, Riddick Moss and Mojo Rawley. That they had a, a a perfectly fine thing going, and it became that Riddick Moss betrayed him. He's a twenty four seven champion. Twenty four seven title is is complete completely wasted. Yeah, it's a complete waste. Seems like a choice. It seems like WWE themselves see it as a chore that they have to do every week. Yeah, what's the hardcore title? It's exactly the same thing happened with the hardcore title. Mm. Once they stopped all the the crash twenty four seven stuff. Having the hardcore belt was this crutch. They were like, oh, God, well, just throw Raven out mm. there. Raven can just have a match with Rhino or something. 
Uh, Moss won, uh, rolled up Mojo Rawley. R-Truth did some John Cena moves, which was funny. Yeah, and he gave uh, Mojo the scissor kick afterwards to make him look strong because he's <laughs> part of that Super Mario Cup um, at Saudi Arabia next week. And Drew McIntyre came out next. He he did the sort of, you know, I said he should do the 3-2-1 point to the WrestleMania sign. Yep. Well, Drew watches WrestleTalk confirmed. Yeah, uh, but Paul Heyman comes out to interrupt, teases Brock Lesnar's there, which isn't crazy. He's been there every week so far, uh, but it was MVP instead, who is just brilliant. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, it was great stuff. And he came out and he got kicked in the head and Drew pinned him very quickly. So MVP is a backstage producer. He's confirmed to Booker T. Apparently in the match, he takes off his nose tape at one point. Mm. And that is symbolic of him actually retiring. Mm. So yeah. Did, Congratulations, MVP. Yeah. The the only Drew's getting over, but I can't say he's getting over any more week to week. And they're in an awkward spot where they're like, they're building this Lesnar Drew McIntyre match, even though Brock has the Ricochet match. It would have been nice, I think, or more effective for Drew to have an actual feud. Yeah, to I'm get through. It's and this is going to be a very weird comparison given the review we've just done. He needs an Alberto Del Rio. But a good but version. A, but, a, but a good version of that. But that's that's the thing. Like Batista won the Rumble, but it was they couldn't do the Randy feud because that had to be saved until WrestleMania. Yeah. So they gave him Del Rio in the February interim. So we could just have Drew have a February interim feud, but it does need to be for something. It needs to matter for something as opposed to him just coming out and Claymore kicking people and being like, I'm a sexy Scotsman, WrestleMania Claymore country, and then off he goes. Points. Um, it, it, it needs something more to it. I think Andrade would have been perfect. Yeah, It's difficult with the US title. You don't want Drew winning that, but yeah, recapture that takeover magic. Yeah, totally. Uh, but Andrade had to go and get suspended, you scamp. <laughs> uh, then we got Becky Lynch coming down with a brown paper bag, and in it is some money. Yeah, I didn't like She makes it rain. She says, here's all the money to preemptively pay my fine for what I'm going to do to Shayna Baszler. I don't know if this is connected to all the Becky pay reports of last week, where she's only been paid, you know, a third <laughs> as much as the male roster members. Yeah, but there's no wage gap, that's a myth. Yeah, which people seem to be fine with because <laughs> Dolph Ziggler's been there longer. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't understand. My favourite uh, response to that is just like, oh, I'd love to get a million dollar contract. It's like, well, you've well missed the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I did like about this, though, is was Becky, I didn't like the money side of it, but I liked Becky then saying, hey, do you know what? Sasha tried to step up to me. Charlotte's tried to step up to me. Ronda tried to step up mm -hmm. to me. I beat them all, and I'm going to beat you as well. And then you had Shayna Baszler appear on the screen who said that she is a, she's in the chamber match. And she was like, which is, you know, it's a cage. I'm a cage fighter. I love that. Love that. Absolutely loved it. And I was like, and I didn't plan to do what I did to you last week. I just did it. So imagine what I would do to you when I've planned something, which I thought was awesome, awesome stuff. The money side of the thing I can take or leave, but everything else I thought was awesome. She even said, I'm going to tear the S word out of you. She's, she did a swear. She's going to reach into Becky's stomach and pull out a turd, <laughs> if you take that literally. Just remember that like 11 days ago, Vince McMahon said, we're fine on our PG thing. We don't need to do what <laughs> AEW is doing. None of that blood and gut stuff. <laughs> Shayna eats Becky Lynch. We don't need to do any swears on our show. <laughs> Shayna then swears. Paul Heyman's like, uh, 
but the yeah, I thought this was great. I thought uh, that stuff about her not planning the nibbling segment last week. Does that sort of assuage your fears and concerns over Baser's character? And no, and again, like it, it does a little bit. But like as I said last week, my issue with it less was the angle itself. It's more that. It was an angle that could easily be made fun of, mm, and right. when you when you're debuting Shayna Baszler onto the main roster, like in a proper style, you don't want to have something where people go like, "That's a bit dumb, isn't it?" Mm. You want to have something that's, that's pretty cool. And I thought like her lines here were were really cool, but as we kind of talked about during the super chats, this match is effectively pointless. The chamber match. The chamber yeah. match. Because Shayna has to win because we're building that match, right? So like this is the, the logic hole we're going, this is the logic route we're going down. Shayna is going to win that match because we've been building Becky versus Shayna since Survivor Series. And then we've had her attack her and bite the neck and this promo segment here. So Shayna wins the chamber, she goes into WrestleMania. That's fine. Like I'm not, you know, don't have a massive problem with that. Does make the match a waste of time, but you know, it's fine. I don't mind. If Shayna doesn't win the match, what was all of this for? Mm. Then, like, that's that in WWE's world, there is every chance they could be like, "No, Asuka's going to win," because yeah. people don't see that coming. Which will have just made all of this all for now. Yeah, it, it is problematic. I, I but I thought Baszler came across so well here. I, his, do you want a, a prediction? I'd love one. Is it a spoiler? No, it's a. Well, it might be. People will start booing Becky Lynch and cheering Shayna Baszler by the time Mania is around. It's a shame. Um, no, I mean, it is a shameful thing. I don't want it to happen. No, I think Becky's over enough that that won't happen. Because despite WWE's best efforts, she's still over. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. If she's still over now, after everything, then I, I think she can probably remain over. Speaking of still over despite WWE's best efforts... <laughs> Hey, Rusev. <laughs> Rusev and Umberto Carrillo had a cracking, really fun tag match yep. against Bobby Lashley and Angel Garza here. Yeah, Rusev tagged with Umberto Carrillo and his um, lack of emotion. Um, <laughs> he came out with a look on his face and was like, well, I mean, I'm not here for much longer, but yeah. I'm in a match, I guess. Wow, Ga crush. But Gaza was fantastic. Yeah. Gaza and Carrillo working together, I assume they've worked together a ton, being actual cousins, which I love. I only found that out you know, a couple of weeks ago. Garza does this spot where he dives through the ropes and a fan comes up and kisses him on the cheek. Yeah, and just and it was so wonderfully timed because this fan comes up, kisses him on the cheek, and he's like, hey! And then Carrillo does a big dive onto him. <laughs> it was really, really good stuff. Uh, yeah, Angel Garza, honestly, that they've really got something with him. And it came out of nowhere, it came out of some plans having to change because WWE decided to start doing the wellness policy again. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Rusev gets a hot tag, and I know you said he didn't care, but he had, he had some fire he, here. I was gonna say, but when that bell rings, the fire comes out. The crowd were into him, and he you know, had a really good sequence. It was also a sick Bobby Lashley spear. Oh, it looked awesome. <laughs> so good. Um, Rusev was, was really getting over here. And then he got pinned off a Gaza roll-up. Yeah. Totally the right result, because Gaza's where you want this to keep building, and Rusev is unfortunately dead in the water. But it, 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 he's got to be leaving the company. Yeah, because it then felt very weird that he just attacked Gaza after the match. Yeah. For, for seemingly no reason. And yeah, it, it was a bit, of a, a bit of a flat finish in that sense. Although the match was great, though. Um, 
And he's in the Super Mario Cup mm. uh, tournament next to week. To wake trophy. Yeah. Uh, Natalia took on Kyrie Sane next. It's similar to that Asuka match a couple of weeks ago. They worked a stronger, more modern style, and I, re I really liked it. Mm. Uh, but it ended with Asuka kicking Natalia outside the ring, behind the referee's back. And Natalia just died. Yeah, oh yeah. She got proper, like, ref being hit. Like, just being, like, hit in the corner by a splash. Levels of dead. A kick to my head would probably do that to me. But I've seen too many kicks to the head in WWE, which isn't effective. Well, I will give them this. Because they... they they played it up that it's the same kick that she gave her two weeks ago, which gave her the black eye. Okay. So, like, they they made a big deal out of that before the match, and then were like, oh, it's just like her kicking her in the face like she did a couple of weeks ago, and that's what took her out. So I didn't actually mind it. Um, I just, I'm not invested in Natalia. Mm. So um, I just feel like it's almost, it feels like a waste of Asuka to be feuding her with Natalia. Yeah, yeah, perhaps a bit, because it was a count-out finish. The referee counted all the way, and I was like, oh, she's going to get in at nine and then she just stayed there. Which, you know, long term, maybe that's a good idea because next time there's a count out spot, I'll buy into it more because people have actually lost from it. Yeah. Uh, but I think here, Asuka should have rolled her in and Kairi Sane gets the pin. Then, a segment that a lot of people have been very down on. Hmm. Melter, Melter hated it. Apparently there's been a lot of criticism uh, online and in the arena itself. Apparently people were giving it go away heat. I oh. thought it was real heat. I thought it was I good. I love this. Yeah, the, the Monday Night Sermon. The Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, came out to give a sermon. They did up the Tron like it was a stained glass window. Buddy Murphy was like, or Murphy, was like a te te televangelist? Tele televangelist. Televangelist who passed over to Seth. And AOP are out there. Seth walks down. He's hugging people in the crowd, like shaking that their hands like the Pope. That was my favorite bit of this. Yeah. It was the shake. It was the blessing people as he was walking down to the ring. I thought it was such a nice touch because there's wrestling fans being like, "Touch my hand," and he's like, "Bless you, child." Which yeah. I just thought was a wicked touch. And he's just gone full cult leader. Yeah. He's got such a cool look, and I think he's grown out his beard a lot. Yeah, he's, because it, it's definitely getting bigger. He's full on punking this. Yeah. Big beard, man bun, glove. <laughs> That's the combo. Furry lining of the jacket. I'm yeah, in. I'm so in for it. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. Actually, mm. what was interesting about this though is that, and where I think I'm slightly down on this segment, uh, as an overall takeaway from it, yeah. was because they set something up that didn't really deliver. Because what he said was phase one of this, uh, this, you know, this group was getting rid of Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and the Viking Raiders. Yeah. And we have done that. And phase two is going to be much harder. So what they're effectively saying in this promo is, we are done with this feud, we're now moving on to the next feud. And then the segment ended with the Viking Raiders and, Samo and uh, Kevin Owens attacking them, and we're actually we're back to where we started. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, you're totally right. Uh, but I do... But when people say we're back to where we started or this segment really achieved nothing, and it went on for a while, I, I do think it did. I think it really clearly laid out that the Messiah gang are now going to start targeting weak people and either recruiting them or destroying them. The promo work I thought was yeah. excellent. Yeah, really, I really, really, really liked it. Yeah. Um, and the baby faces, crucially, are smart. The Viking Raiders attacked the ring, Seth Rollins ran away, great heel stuff. Kevin Owens stunned them at the top. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, that will be the main event tonight. AJ Styles returned. He's back. AJ's back, guys. 
Uh, he comes out with the OC for a promo. He's building the two-wake trophy for next week's show. Uh, that's presumably when he'll get back in the ring. And that's presumably the tournament he's going to win. Mm-hmm. And because he started calling himself the new Mr. WrestleMania. Yep, calling out legends. He called out The Undertaker, called out Shawn Michaels, the NWO, which Shawn Michaels has technically been a part of. <laughs> he's called out all of these, these legends. <laughs> Um, to say that, yeah, I'm the new Miss. I'm the, the best wrestler on the planet. Yes. Like, I'm I'm just the best, right, guys? And like, you got Gallows and Anderson going like, yeah, you definitely are. Oh, you're you're so definitely funny. the best, boss. I've heard from this one guy, you're the best, and you're definitely the best. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the report is, and go over and watch the uh, Raw news video that went up earlier today, is Undertaker specifically requested to work with AJ Styles at WrestleMania because he sees him as the new Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Undertaker? I'm glad you've joined us in 2005. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm calling out the dead. I'm not calling out the dead. Are you going to have a match with him at me? <laughs> is that what this is yeah. building Where's to? Where's the sign? Uh, I'm not calling him out. Uh, but Ricochet came out. to, to I, I don't know why. <laughs> to, to promote his match that Paul Heyman's not invested in. Uh, it just stinks of it, doesn't it? It's I so thought Ricochet sad. was a chosen guy. It's so but he And he probably is. It's just, it's so, I feel so sad for him. <sighs> because five segments earlier, you had Paul Heyman and Drew McIntyre talking about the main event of WrestleMania and how we're the main event of WrestleMania. And you got Ricochet kind of being like, it could be me. It's like, it's not you though, is it, mate? Let's be honest. It should have been Bobby Lashley. It should be Bobby Lashley versus Brock. I don't really care about that match, but I do want to see it. That's Saudi Arabia, <laughs> right? I yeah. don't care about that match, but you know what? I'll watch it. Yeah. That's the tagline for any Saudi Arabia show. I don't really care if Goldberg wins the title from The Fiend, but I do want to watch I the match. I do want to see I it. I do want to yeah. see it. Uh, so Ricochet came out. He said, I earned my match. I don't know how it's related <laughs> to what AJ was saying. And AJ set him up for it. Yeah. And a the OC are laughing at Ricochet. It just makes him look so, so uncool. AJ presumably isn't medically cleared to compete just yet, so Carl Anderson's like, I'll fight you instead of AJ. And they had a really good five, seven minute match because Carl Anderson is an excellent worker. But he's also the guy that takes all the pins for the OC. Well, yeah, you had three options. You can't pin AJ, he's facing The Undertaker and he's gonna win the trophy next week. You can't pin Gallows, he's big. So you have to pin Anderson. Like, he's the Buddy Murphy of this group. But but do it in quick, squash-like fashion. AJ's like, what happened? Carl Anderson's kind of protected. Ricochet looks great. Why, why are you trying to protect Carl Anderson oh, at this point. point? Like, uh, three years in where they've been doing this, why are you like, do you know who we need to protect now? But yeah, Ricochet scraped out of victory <laughs> yeah, against Carl yeah. Anderson. Yeah. I can't wait to see Saudi Arabia. Then we got the Liv Morgan stuff. We've already talked about it. Uh, and then the main event was Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders versus Murphy and AOP. I, lo I personally love this storyline. I love all the matches they have. Uh, but I totally understand everyone who's bored. Yeah. I I'm, not, I'm not bored of it yet because the matches are so good. Like, if the matches were tiresome, then I'd be like, oh, man, I'm just... I'm yeah, yeah. Because bored, for me, <laughs> would suggest that I'm done with this feud. And really, I'm not done with it yet. But I am getting to a point where I'm like, this is, we are booking the same match every week. And as much as I enjoy the match, it is the same thing every week. And either, you know, the heels win or they lose via DQ. 
And it doesn't really feel like we're progressing it any further. No. It progressed slightly differently because the Street Profits came out at the end. But it didn't really feel like we were taking a massive leap forward like we have been the previous weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was the standard... <coughs> Sorry, mate. Oh, excuse me. It was the standard stuff. But then Kevin Owens had it won. Standard Buddy Murphy. Murphy. And Seth Rollins ran in, stomped for the DQ. Yeah. Uh, which, really nice detail because Murphy still hasn't won anything without Seth's help. Do you know what he has won, though? The greatest stunner sell of all time. Yeah, you reckon? Okay, so top, top, top sells of the stun. Obviously, The Rock doing his big flip. No argument. Scott Hall and his big goofy bouncy castle yeah. sell. Buddy Murphy doing a moonsault when he gets him <laughs> in the stunner and does a moonsault so that he can... He did a full flip. It was mm. it was remarkable. The correct answer is Linda McMahon. <laughs> oh, Vince McMahon somehow falling over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, that's also good. Uh, so that, that all breaks down. And the messiahs, the gang, the disciples, whatever they're called, are going to crucify Kevin Owens. Love this. Yeah. They're, this, they're following up on that phase two threat. When the street profits run down, and make an awesome baby face save. Good crikey, his frog splash. But yeah, Ford's frog splash, so high, higher than Scott Hall selling a stunner. And Daw I, th I was really impressed with Dawkins here. He showed, I was scared of him, he looks serious. Yeah. He shoulder barges Murphy when he runs down like it's nothing. And then like, powers through one of the AOP. Yeah. So this, they did like a, almost like a double frog splash because you had um, Hansen of the War Raiders doing his splash and Montez Ford doing his at the same time. But because Ford gets so much air, hmm. Hansen dived and he landed and I'm pretty sure the impact of it pushed Montez Ford up even <laughs> further because it just seemed, took him forever to come back down. Yeah. I, d I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but it was, it, t Tom Phillips put over how this was the uprising in full effect. So it looks like we've got some more baby faces on the baby face side. And it really is Paul Heyman playing with all his favorite toys. Yeah. Here's all the bad guys, here's all the good guys. I've got no problem with that. I would probably do something similar in that position. But it implies we're gonna get some more heels, more disciples added. Who do you think we could get? Rowan. Yeah, you know what, you've beaten him. You've got tossed out the rumble, he hasn't mm. been on TV and then got beat this week. You know, maybe it's just, it's all Alistair Black. He's been losing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone Alistair Black. You recruit Eric Rowan and Eric Young. <laughs> Who else do you be in? Uh, but th we can't ignore this. I didn't so much mind it, but when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, it is a logic hole. Brian Alvarez was there and he tweeted, where were all you baby faces when poor Matt Hardy was being killed to death? Yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, but yeah, overall, Three out of five show. Yeah, a good three out of five show. Yeah, nothing, nothing super newsworthy. Uh, nothing actually really to go out of your way to watch, but it was, it was an enjoyable episode with not that many logic holes. Just yeah. a bit of spring cleaning, character push wise. Indeed. Let's get in with your su 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 super chats. Start recording says, do you think Sheamus could win the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania to 
become a grand slammer? Well, uh, we had an interview with Seamus when he was over for the BT Sport launch. Head over to the Rest Talk podcast for that interview. We also spoke with Nicky Cross as well. And that's what he said he's back for, really. He said he goes, everyone made fun of him. Well, everyone keeps making fun of him, particularly Antonio Cesaro, <laughs> um, because he just keeps saying it's the only title he wants to win. Yeah. And so he's not actually interested in going after the Blue Universal Championship, but he's never won the IC belt. So he wants that to, to complete it. So absolutely, I think that's, that's the plan. Start recording again. Would you rather have every single WrestleMania have a really generic slash lame set or have every single NXT takeover become bad or boring? I'll have the, the, yeah, the, the WrestleMania the, the set, sets yeah. being lame. Yeah. I love the NXT takeovers are the, yeah. the best. That's almost too easy a question. Uh, Miguel 8A, off to school, but I did want to ask, we'll listen to the podcast later. Good lad. Do you think they will have a match between Andrade versus Angel to see who gets Vega as the manager? I just want Vega to manage both of them. Yeah, and I think they know that. I think that's why they're going out of their way to say this isn't a romantic relationship. This is Vega managing business clients. Yeah. So you can have Vega, Gaza, and Andrade in the same faction. Do you want my big, my big uh, call is? Okay, here we go. Andrade's going to come back, right? Because he's coming back next week yeah. for Super Saudi Down. So we have um, Andrade and Gaza versus Carrillo and Rey Mysterio, where you have Carrillo turn on Rey. And he also becomes one of uh, Vega's sort of business associates. Oh, oh they all just join together. <laughs> LWO. Dylan Voorhees. I'm usually very patient, but Edge is my favourite wrestler. I've been waiting patiently for the, you think you know me. I'm ready for his revenge. I think you'll have to wait until after Elimination Chamber. Oh, yeah. But that's, you know, that's good. Yeah. It's, it's making you really wait for it. And I haven't got bored. No. Uh, Ronce Rajan, happy retirement to MVP, aka can't wait to see him headline <laughs> every Saudi show with Goldberg and Undertaker until 2035. Hey, he can go a lot better, so he'll be fine. Brian, Brian Ho Bryant Hoyt, can Nia Jax coming back and tagging with old partner, feuding with Kabuki Warriors, save the women's tag belts at this point? I actually forgot the Kabuki Warriors, the women's tag champs. Oh, no. Um, no. No. Uh, Howard J. Dingres, what is the Seth feud building to? Them losing the tag straps? Um, well, it's probably know. not building to that. It's just a step along the way, I guess. I think a multi-man at Mania. That's I, well, I thought it was going to be an eight-man tag at Mania, but mm. we've kind of if you keep doing the eight-man tag or the six-mans on TV, then that's not going to feel as special. Mm. Unless it is, you know, you have to disband the group. It's weird that we haven't heard of what Seth's Mania plans are. Mm. Uh, Nathan, the Alpha <laughs> she doesn't have any. Vela. So is Shayna still a part of the NXT roster? According to Triple H, she is. Mm. Lena Bliss. Alistair Black should be the anti-messiah. Oh, I like that. Especially with his promos. Slow build, though. Probably Love is, that. If you're going to be an anti-messiah and you start getting disciples, then you just become a messiah. Mm. Like you'd have to be a, a solo one, I guess. Um, Wrestle Talk Miscellaneous. Phoenix, Ollie, may I just say that you look very handsome today. Why, Keep it up, thank stud. You. Thank you, Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Venable, got to share my birthday with Chopper. Dance, Chopper. Dance, Chopper. Uh, Ryan F, go buy his new t shirt. Um, does Ollie enjoy his fetish with Chopper dancing? I haven't got a fetish. He just loves to dance for me. It's not a whip. And I enjoy thing. to watch him. Yeah. 
I think whipping is kinky. Yeah. Suave Titan. Birthday was last night. Can Chopper dance for me? Chopper will dance for anyone. He loves it. Yeah. Mundi. Dance Chopper dance. Yes. Dance puppet dance. No puppet about it. Yeah. Go Just buy, loves dancing. Buy the t-shirts. Uh, Phoenix. I can't believe you guys are starting a rival promotion <laughs> to AEW. Good luck, boys. It's not, not a promotion. promotion. It's just a live event. Um, yeah, to clarify that promotion joke, yeah, yeah. Nathim, Quaddlebaum, just to say, I uh, just want to say, Ollie is Senpai Supreme. Don't know what that is, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, the Zornese, thanks for sorting out my Patreon to Luke and Pete. I think it was just uh, Pete that sorted that out. Have a super chat. Will you do a live stream for, uh, and Sammy for Syria for Super Showdown? Love I, Russell Talk. I forgot that we do that. Yeah, it, isn't that terrible that, y you know, you get so angry about something? But then after a year or two, you're like, you just forget what you forget about it yeah. because it just becomes normalcy. The forefront of change. Yeah. I don't know. No. Uh, Benny Sato um, says, you aren't allowed to do lists. We invented lists. Yeah. Um, Pavi, uh, WrestleTalk is definitely being paid by WWE. That's why you guys brought Blonde Pie. Blonde Pie. Yeah, yeah. They lo yeah. love a blonde, love a blonde person. Uh, and Phoenix with this epic super chat from earlier. After, hey. after calling me handsome, <laughs> after watching AEW for some time, matches, and then of course that amazing takeover last night, do you ever think to yourselves, the wrestling on main roster shows is sometimes the least entertaining parts of the show? The theatrics are entertaining though. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of WWE's mentality. Like, this goes back to the Attitude Era, where the wrestling was like the least important thing on the show, really. It was all about the characters and mm. their promo work and them having storylines that sometimes had to result in having matches. And it was almost felt like, particularly for Vince Russo, having the wrestling match was definitely the worst bit. Um, but I think the wrestling on the main roster, and especially in the last couple of years, has been really, really good. Like a major step up from when we were getting 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, but the NXT AEW wrestling in ring is is of a much not higher quality because everything's you know performed mm. well, uh, but of a much more indie style. Yes, which is to my personal tastes and to mine as well. But at WWE's mind, Raw and SmackDown are appealing to the casual market. So this is this is wrestling designed for a casual audience, mm. which is slightly watered down. Yeah. Uh, and a last minute message here from Pavi Andy out of his cage. Vince, your show needs more diversity. Ollie, we have a new guy. Vince, no, some new Ollie. His name is Blonde. Uh, oh. I think he forgot some um, colons there. No, some new. So, someone meant, new. No, someone new. Ollie colon. His name is Blonde. Vince, I like him. Those comments don't work well read aloud. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you kind of gave some raw, so sorry, some NXT thoughts in your In Case You Missed It. I gave my thoughts on the show in the review. Uh, talk about it in a bit more detail because we didn't get to do an actual podcast about it. Yeah, just in case everyone was like, well, where were you guys? Uh, AEW bias much? I've, I've come to make terms recently with the fact that there's only a few of us and we can't review every major wrestling show anymore. I'm just going to put you on hold for a second there because we are recording this before we've actually done the live stream. So oh, there yeah. may be super chats in there with the AEW bias uh, complaints in. So we are currently saying these without knowing if we're going to get them or not, but they may be there. Uh, yeah, but as you pointed out, Luke, to me, the very first comment on the live chat, which we can see is from Cody James, 
Now our next tea takeover podcast. Yeah. Here it is. And here it is, yes. Here it is. Yeah. So, so give us your thoughts. Uh, I thought it was an excellent show. It is one of... I've got, the only thing I would change is put it down to four matches. Yeah. That's the only thing. Because, yeah, every match was really, really good in its own way. A lot of the matches were absolutely excellent. However, I'm not going to miss that street fight. No. Which actually would have been my match of the night. Yeah, are I, you kidding? No, I re- apart from as I said, it would have been, but I did not like the finish. The finish actually right. detracted away from the match for me. But if that had a good finish, you would have put that above Bala versus Gargano. Dude, it was stiffer than a teenager watching Basic Instinct. It was, it was rad. I nearly swore it was that rad. I thought it was wow. so good. Stiffer than Tommaso Ciampa being German suplexed onto his neck on an announcer's table. But again, I think that almost had too many of your, your near falls, which wouldn't have been a problem, but it came at the end. It was like the sixth match where we'd had five other matches, which also had the same kick out, no cells, uh, near falls. Yeah. So, so, like, if you'd have saved all of them for the Champa Cole match, uh, grand. Like, that would have been absolutely spot on. But you'd done it in five other matches, so they didn't have quite the same impact. I think that's the major complaint against the show. And when Botchamania's Matthew goes to Twitter to make a semi sincere tweet and say, I, n- I don't want to sound old or anything, but man, even I thought there were a few too many no sell spots and. Kickouts. Like you going to Twitter to be sincere last week, where you were like, "God, is a wrestling good?" But I've I've got to admit, I still enjoyed it. I mean, I, I loved d- it. I I think you can hold both things in your head simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. I love that show. I think it's one of the best shows NXT have ever put on, and by default, that means one of the best wrestling shows ever. But at the same time, yes, they should have probably sold a pile driver for a bit longer. <laughs> they should yeah. have probably had a few fewer interference spots. However, I just thought overall, it was the perfect mix, and NXT doesn't do this enough for my liking, the perfect mix of excellent, just pinnacle of an art form wrestling in ring, plus sports entertainment. Yeah, and do you know what it is about NXT and the reason why I love the show? Because if you saw my review yesterday, I gave it five out of five. I thought it was a tremendous show from top to bottom. T to B, Brilliant show. Excellent matchup. It was like every, there's an NXT show, like everyone always says with NXT, there's always one dud. Like there's not, not a dud, it's just, it, that was a four out of five as opposed to everything else was a five out of five. And this was the first takeover they've done in quite some time where there wasn't that match. I thought every match on the card was just brilliant with the exception of the finish of the uh, Kai Knox match. Um, but I, yeah, I just thought it was a, a completely five out of five match. I just thought it was so, so good. And the reason why I think I enjoyed the show so much is I like all the characters. Mm. I'm invested in all of their plights and what they're striving <clears throat> to achieve on these shows, which makes heel turns or surprise finishes even more sort of shocking and surprising. And then that makes me think, oh, what are they going to do for the next show? What's going to happen on TV? I can't wait to see what's going to be on the WrestleMania show, which I think will be a fatal four-way. I think it will be... Uh, Champa, Gargano, Cole, and Balor oh, for the title. Tasty. Yeah. Or you could do small guys though. <laughs> or I mean, you could four do four very tiny men. And the only reason I'm saying that is because that way you cut it. You take one of the matches off the card because yes. otherwise you have to do that as two singles matches. Oh, they'll find a way to add another one. And I'm smushing it together. 
This is, that, but yeah, back to my, my only complaint, really. I just, it's six matches is fine. Three hours is fine. I prefer a two and a half hour show. Agreed. But I'm just worried that this is a slippery slope. And if I don't keep saying these concerns now, this time next year, we've got a four and a half hour card yeah. with a one hour pre-show. There you go. Yep. And then NXT isn't that great anymore. But should we go through uh, just to give a few thoughts on each match? Yes. Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Why can't you say Dominic Dijakovic? No, Dijakovic. Dijakovic. Yeah. I can, but I refuse to say it because it's it, his other name was easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually. I think it's a clunky name. I, I agree. But do you know what's funny? Is I actually got it wrong in yesterday's news. I was trying to be all uh, Lukey smart pants. Um, when I was talking about the ROH contracts, uh, where WWE were tampering yeah, with their yeah, contracts, yeah. and I said they were, you know, tampering with the contracts of Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Raymond Rowe, who is now on the main roster as part of the War Raiders. Eric. Yes, exactly. But because uh, I was using their ROH names in this, and then I said Dominic Dijak, whereas what I meant to say was Donovan Dijak, because that uh, was his indie. You made a portmanteau. I made a portmanteau. Well, portmanteau, exactly. So, uh, and then in the end, in, during the NXT review, I called it NXT Takeover Portland 2019 because apparently time moves <laughs> slowly in my world, and it's not 2020 yet. I think I just, I just flat out refuse it is. Anyway, big beefy match, big beefy spots. Loved it. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. It's still a, if anyone thinks, oh, wow, that's the best Keith Lee performance I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I hate to be that guy, but he's been better. Yeah. Which is exciting, right? You're, you're watching this match going, oh, my God, how can this guy be any more charismatic, even bigger and beefier? And I'm here telling you, he can be yeah. by quite a considerable margin. That's great. If I'm WWE... I would see that match and be like, let's just cancel every WrestleMania plan we currently have. We've now got our new main event. We've also got our new Hall of Fame. We've <laughs> got our new line of merchandise. We've actually got our new set of documentaries as well. Like, let's just let's just scrap everything and put that on. Stop the May Young Classic 2020. We're just going to have Dijak, <laughs> what? Dijakovic, Dijakovic. Ah, and Lee... <laughs> Have a big man tournament. A big and and it's every just, just every like round it. is there. <laughs> now you might say that's a best of seven series, but it's not. It's a tournament. There's brackets. Yeah, there's involved. brackets. It's actually the G1, yeah. and there, there's an A block and there's a B block, and you'll eventually have uh, the G1 climax. They all face each other. Oh, I'm gonna climax <laughs> in every. Oh, it'll be a big one climax. But yeah, it was just fantastic. That that. They did the, I love how they can go from the big power spots of shoulder tackle, I ain't gonna move, to Hurricanrana. <laughs> just <laughs> insane. And just that build to the Spanish fly off the top rope. Not the prettiest thing in the world. Uh, neither was Dijak's corkscrew moonsault. Oh, I like it. Well, I, I love it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, but it's, you know, I don't think it's pretty in the slightest. And it's just, just astounding stuff. Do you remember when uh, we watched that video of Keith Lee and Jeff Cobb doing the Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero International? And you said, oh, it, I mean, it's impressive, but it's not the prettiest version of no, that no, I've no. ever seen. No. But it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're enormous. Yeah, they're enormous. But physics does play a part <laughs> yeah. here. They can't do the same things. Uh, so absolutely excellent match. Um, I, a lot of people saying five out of five. I, for me, four, four and a half, actually, yeah. four and three quarters, maybe. Uh, just because 
my I've seen my five star Keith Lee match, and this wasn't as good as it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not amazing. I'm just saying my five star is is a level above. Sounds like you are AEW bias. <laughs> my my five star <laughs> is better than your five star. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Awesome saying. If it was on Dynamite, it would have been a five star. Oh yeah. yeah that, I think that's Dome. that's our Tokyo Dome. You know how everyone says like Dave Meltzer. Oh, if that was in the Tokyo yeah. Dome, it would have been a five. That's ours. If it was on Dynamite, it would have been a five star match. Well, Meltzer's thing is he keeps saying it. It's like, well, it's not PWG. Exactly. <laughs> So Meltzer's also got PWG now. Too. Exactly. He, they've, he's moved past the Tokyo Dome. Like people, and not even that's not a recent thing. This is like the last ten years he's been saying, "Well, that was better in PWG." Yeah. People really should have moved on to, if it was in PWG, it would have been a six-star match. Uh, after that, there was the Kai Knox match, Garbage which match. you loved. Loved, 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 Your loved. Your match loved. of the night before the finish. Before the finish, loved it. It was really good. Yeah, good, good garbage match. I just thought these two brought it. Mm. I just thought they really, really brought it. Stiff, stiff stuff. The um, the German suplex onto the uh, garbage can. Yeah, landed right on her head. Like it was old school ECW garbage nonsense. And I loved every second of it. I loved how Tegan Knox jumped very high in the air and bounced off a table. <laughs> I still can't work out how it happened. She did it just for Matthew. Yeah, the the table won that round. Uh, but yeah, over the, it was it was a very good match. I just think of all the matches, doesn't really have a title attached to it. That would that would actually get a lot more traction as a main event of a weekly episode of TV. I think that's fair I enough. think it's been lost in the shuffle. And that's the, that's the risk you run when you put more than five matches on a takeover card. I, that, I think that's a very fair comment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we had Balor Gargano. Yes, which was awesome. You know what? It's difficult because every match, apart from the Street Fight one, uh, I look at it and I go, well, that's match of the night. But then I'm like, oh, but this, this is also match of the night. Yeah. They had five matches of the night. This is really my match of the night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, this, this was... Watching these two guys work together, I just felt so comfortable. Yeah. You know, like it was, everything was perfect. You're never sat there going like, oh, they're going to balls this spot up. You know, like when they take a little bit of time to get into a spot and you're like, oh my God, I hope they mm. don't mess this up because it's going to look really good if they get it right. And if they get it wrong, then everyone's going to talk about how they got it wrong. There's never any worry with these two because they just do professional wrestling perfectly. Yeah, and th there were a few really complex timing spots in it and they just flowed through it. I, uh, I I got a sense of a Gargano heel term here when he did Balor's drop kick into the corner and then he sort of prepared the announcer's table first. I know that's not a heelish move, but I felt that played into Gargano's loss. Yeah. He kind of went to Balor's toolbox and that's ultimately what lost him the match. Yeah, he defeated himself. Which informs the thing that happened later. Yes. Then we had the Women's Championship match, which is now just the NXT Women's Championship. I think they dropped that idea of it, them being both the NXT Championship. It's so confusing. <laughs> I have no idea. How what in the were... hell am I supposed to have a conversation? Oh, maybe context? <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking about the women wrestlers yeah. challenging for a title. Are you talking about Adam Cole? You could probably assume it's the women's one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just... I, I don't see the big fuss on it. I, I kept don't. on making jokes about it in the news and people started being like, right on, call them out for it. I thought, huh, you're agreeing with the opposite of what I'm trying to make fun of. <laughs> you're, agreeing with the, you're agreeing with the joke I'm making. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think just make it the men's and women's title. Yeah, completely. Uh, but it was this was all out action, kept very short. Um, 
I um, it was interesting because I thought based off of what happened in the post match when Charlotte Flair all like so Charlotte Flair after the match Rhea Ripley obviously retained Charlotte Flair then uh, attacked her and said I'll see you at WrestleMania and she hit the natural selection but she also attacked Bianca Belair after the match so I was going into this episode of Raw waiting for Bianca mm. Belair and something to be added there I don't and so it didn't happen on this episode of Raw as we've just discussed. I'm curious to see if there's anything mentioned about it on NXT or if that's just something that's dropped. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, but I thought Rhea was meant to be backstage at Raw as well. So maybe they had something planned. It was it was, it was was a weird segment on the, the Charlotte thing. Yeah, it was really Served weird. Certainly no purpose, really. Yeah. Uh, but the I, I really liked this match. It was kind of like a punk rock song. Boom, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh, and then we had the tag match, which, uh, you know, I love Jay and Brummy Bob. I just think they're a wonderful tag team. And I want them to hold the belts forever. I don't want them to break up. It's going to be a sad, sad day when Dunn does turn on him. Yeah. it's uh, but Matt Riddle has crazy charisma. But not even he could make me like the fish thing. <laughs> I, they, they did a little goofy sing-along bit on the bottom of the screen. Yeah. How much fish can Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could, could fry, fry fish. fish? And they had on the Titan Tron a little animated graphic of him. They had it on their T-shirts as well. <sighs> I thought it was... Uh, if, if we call the main roster out for making that stupid stuff with the Usos, it's only fair to say it here. Yeah, but it felt very Matt Riddle. Yeah, it was stoner comedy, I guess. But yeah. I'm not a big fan of stoner comedies. But I, <laughs> d- d- have you enjoyed the skits that they've done? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I love that. I just I thought this was childish. Did you see Randy Orton's <laughs> tweets? No. So Matt Riddle posted up a picture of him and Dunn holding the tag straps. And um, Randy Orton just quote retweeted it saying, hated you, now I get it, good luck, also F off. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this was a really, really good match. This was where they went into German no Salamania. Oh, yeah. But I didn't mind it. You know, I was really, really liking it. And the main event was Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa. They went over half an hour. I thought it was an excellent match. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. And it had like, there was a tension in the air mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing that felt so big time. And then to finish that off with Gargano running in, taking Goldie away from Champ, the thing he's obsessed with, and using that to clock him on the head. Yeah. Oh, what a heel turn. Genuine heel heat for Johnny Gargano. Excellent match. Excellent, excellent professional wrestling match. Uh, before we get out of here, I just wanted to read this quick email. Uh, I, I know you're pointing at the time, but this is going to take... We've got 40 seconds. It's not going to take long. Uh, it's from Nathan, who sent us the picture. He sent us an e- email about his birthday and said that his brother bought him some presents. And he said that he got him some T-shirts, but forgot to attach the images. Well, he's attached the images. First off, there's the watch that he got given. Oh, that's beautiful. There is the little bit of the bubbly no, T-shirt. No, no, no. And here is the mystery shirt. Ah... It's the Jordan Miles shirt. Yeah. I didn't know they sold this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I mean, on, on some markets you can probably get hold of it. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this show. We'll be back on when Thursday with the AEW review and the NXT review. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 